coach a dig. What is thy bidding, my master? Listen to me very carefully. Wake up. Time to die. There are no strings on me. Boy, this is a lot more fun when they're not shooting back. Such a red license. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm afraid I can't do that, Dad. Screw you, fat ass! It's good. I'm going to tear off your skin like wrapping paper and deck the holes with your guts. Put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I can't lie to you about your choices. You have my sympathy. Get those nerds! 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 Come with me if you want to. Come with me. Come with me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, now for the big dig. This week, since we've been talking so much about cinema, we decided one way we should talk about cinema, give you guys a little bit of background about where we might come from and talking about our favorite directors. So we decided to come up with a favorite living director and a favorite dearly departed director. That means dead. And we're going to talk it out and see what comes to, comes to the fore with uh, our favorite directors, why we think they're the best, so on and so forth. So uh, let's go ahead and start with. The, uh, hold on, while we're while we're tending to these kind of uh, administrative matters. Yes. Th- like, what are our criteria for directors? Too? I think they have to be t- to each person. I had no idea, so I had to kind of make up my. Yeah, own. you're you're uh, doing your own thing. Let me just yeah, say, yeah. if Jillian, if Jillian was here, Doctor Jillian, Jillian, Doctor Jillian. Yeah, Jillian. Uh, it would be her favorite porn directors. Oh, true. Uh, anyway, uh, no, I think yeah. the, the criteria is solely based on your own opinion. Right. Uh, although yeah. I think we could probably talk about. Some people who may or may not have made the list for a variety of reasons, which we'll probably, right. I'm sure, talk about. Because I'm really curious if people in 20 years or 50 years are even going to talk about film directors. Like, what do you think is the best form of mass entertainment slash art right now? Uh, like television, television is really right. in to dominate. Which it is. Like, like all about the time. I mean, there's like, there's no such that. thing as a matinee idol anymore either. I mean, yeah. shit, who's like the biggest movie star of 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. And then... I have no idea. The biggest movie star? No. Yeah, I don't mean to go on a tangent. I was reading an article this week about like the death of action stars and, and like what happened and how they all end up. Well, in so some well, of them are getting Schwarzenegger and movies. Stallone, and like there's no equivalent today. They are getting pretty old. Pretty soon, we will be talking yeah. about the actual death of them. Well, you can put <laughs> Stallone and Schwarzenegger and ten other '80s action stars in a film, and no one gives a shit anymore. Like the, the star vehicle as we know it is basically dead. Got to yeah. squeeze out those last few, dr- well, few I think drops. It's probably a, testosterone. It's a testament to how. Yeah. Uh, discriminating we've gotten in entertainment. I think it's a good thing because we're living in a golden age of television. I mean, the yeah. shows that are out there out there right now are leaps and bounds ahead of most uh, things okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. in the past 50 years. He's right. wearing a Game of Thrones t-shirt as he says this. Yeah, all right. I can, I'm not a nerd. If we're going to talk about games, Game of Thrones and stuff, I can concur with that. But I just want to say, if we're talking about being discriminating, what's the number one movie right now? Furious 7? What the? Uh, yeah. yeah, I know. This, I, this makes me like have well, to, uh, such a I'm lack not of a fan, but to its defense, it has like a 90% on Rotten Tomato. Oh my God. Yeah, probably like slightly lower on Metacritic. Yeah. They, always, they started 100 and they always worked their way down. It's probably studio. Well, well, the I'm last sure one I was forced to watch was number two. Now. That? The last oh, one I was forced to watch was number two. Yeah. My brother I've not seen, loves those seen a single Fast and the Furious movie. Not right. one. If my I brother ever comes to visit, he'll make you watch him. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say, like, number one, I feel like in the future people are going to talk about, like, Vince Gilligan and Breaking Bad. They're going to talk about David Chase and the Sopranos. No way. It's, about it's cyclical. And, I think, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. 20 years from now, like, TV will be shit. Right. And we'll be talking about how famous fucking, like, Justin Bieber the actor is or something. Right. And we, we don't talk about silent films or anything today, too. You know, we well, or, those are mostly shitty. Or everything could be as gritty. As you know, Showtime, HBO stuff, just on normal TV. Right. Yeah, like something and like it gives a Dexter. Gives a lot more time for the narrative, yeah. and oh, well, that's something we should talk about. Unedited now, reruns anyway. of right. Dexter on it. Back 5 to the PM. task at hand, mm-hmm. gentlemen. Let's start off with our favorite deceased director. Oh, Jimmers, go. 
Kubrick. All the way. Kubrick is the best director who's dead, and he's the best director of all time. Ooh, that's and here's probably a lot of people agree with you there. Nah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at a list of um, best deceased directors, and he came in number two of all time on one of the lists, and we'll, we'll talk about who was number one on that I list. I can probably guess. Yeah. I, well, ugh, God. That's, this is going to be painful to go through later. We'll talk about who was number one on the list later. But um, it was a weird list because he was ranked number two, but they had like voting next to them and he had the most votes. And I'm like, what sort of like weird technicality did he not win number one on this stupid list? But my argument for Kubrick would be, um, you know, he made the most iconic, if not the best horror film of all time, Ooh. The Shining. And I mean, I mean, like think about like the documentary. You guys in room 237? No. Uh, there's, yeah, a doc- I, I mean there's an outstanding documentary on Netflix where it's just dozens of people talking about how the shining has changed their life and people watch it hundreds of times. They have viewings of it. Um, you go to a big culture center like San Francisco and they, they have viewings where they play it forward and in reverse at the same time, transposed of each other on the what? same screen. People are obsessed what? with this. In addition to like, everybody quotes it. Why are they everybody, watching it backwards? They, well, it's because they think they're like secret messages encoded in it because it's so well done. Well, there was, it was yeah. red, red rum. That was well, it. <laughs> but, um, oh my God, it's murder. I just figured it out. <laughs> I, that is kind of a letdown when I, I rewatch it. You know what I mean? I feel like the first time I Blame saw it. Blame Stephen like, King for this. Oh my God. I'm like, Red Rome is murder. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm like that, that's right. the one thing I'm going like, clearly makes it from the novel yeah. into the movie. And of course, Stephen King has his bones with the movie. Oh, yeah. Which we'll talk about later. But, uh, and by later, I mean on another podcast. But it's I the most obvious and almost the most ridiculous thing. Uh, and it definitely pales in comparison to what else is going on within that film. At least what people think is going on in that film. Who knows? Ooh. Um, so we're talking about the best war film. Uh, he made the best, if not most iconic, war film of all time, Full Metal Jacket. It's a good movie. And the only, I mean, yeah, like, what, what is like, else in the uh, argument? You know, Apocalypse Now? Man, uh, I'm, I'm it's, not a, it's yeah. up there. Yeah, we... I, I mean, you know, I've read Heart of Darkness. I understand Apocalypse Now. Full Metal Jacket is a better film. Imagine it without Arlie Ermey, though. I, and I have no disagreement about that. Uh, it was funny because <laughs> apparently Kubrick was really good friends with Arlie Ermey. I thought they, like, butted heads the entire production of the film. So I was, kinda, I was reading articles about this recently, and it kind of shocked me. They were talking about... um. Arlie Ermey was saying that Kubrick hated Eyes Wide Shut and all that stuff. So, but, um, Wait, Arlie Ermey did? Yeah. <laughs> he said that he talked to Kubrick the weekend before he you died. You know what else Arlie Ermey hates? Huh? You know what else Arlie Ermey hates? Democrats. That's true. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> go ahead, He's go Arlie Ermey. Man, she looked but, good in that movie, though. Uh, Nicole Kidman? Oh, yes. yeah. Eyes of the prize, Jeffrey. Eyes of the prize. That, that was, <laughs> that was the prize. correct. Yeah. <laughs> that but, was uh, the best part of that movie, though. Like, if nothing else, think about how quotable this movie is. We have hip-hop songs. No, me so horny. We love you. I'm yes, like, yes, fucking no. like dregs of the movie, which is almost, it's like a throwaway was joke. NWA? Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like it becomes a transcendent thing, you know, culturally. Um, he made what I think, hands down, is the best sci-fi film of all time, 2001. Uh, definitely up there. And that's my favorite film, period, of all time. Uh, it's a kind of, like, I've probably seen 2001 conservatively, I would say, 50 times. And every time I watch it, I get something new out of it. It's, it's changed a, it's a great life. damn movie. Yeah. And like, you gotta think about this too. Like the shittiest movie he ever made was Spartacus. And that was like, I, one of his earliest. Yeah, films. it was one of the earliest ones. I like Spartacus, in. though. That? I like Spartacus. Yeah, it's well, a good movie. Yeah. It's not, not. It doesn't really compare to the rest of his work. But if you right. just say, "Oh, Spartacus is a good movie," be like, "Yeah, it's a good movie. It's fun. There, it's yeah. just fun." I'm just saying, like, there was nothing he did that didn't change the discourse of our society. Agreed. Like, I mean, but, like, uh, even Spartacus, like people, I am Spartacus. I am Spartacus. Like people know that in the battle scene at the I end. I used to do that all in gym class. I'd take off one and, you know. You did. I, I am Spartacus. I was recipient, recipient of your nipple more times <laughs> than I would like to remember. Yeah. But uh, like even at the end, the battle scenes where it's just tens of thousands of extras lined up. In yeah. The I mean, it's a beautiful the thing. Flaming, the, thing. the flaming uh, uh, timber. But yeah. And they rolled the logs. Yeah. Down, yeah. The logs. <laughs> um, you guys know about like Spartacus. So, like he took it over a couple weeks into production. 
And yeah, and and so like he kind of like took it on as sort of a stepchild and took it over, and he still did a bang up job with it. It's as iconic as it is, and it would have been even better. Have you seen the cut scenes um, where uh, it's the slave talking to the master, and the master is like trying yeah. to seduce him? Was, and there was, that, there was that was an extra because uh, I yeah he's talking about uh, snails, snails and shellfish. Yeah, snails versus yeah, I've seen that and oysters. And, I mean, like I think um, if it weren't for censorship. His films might even be on a different level too, because just look at Eyes Wide Shut. You know the theatrical release. The version I that. saw had that included. Did you see it on DVD or something? Um, no, just on HBO Showtime, some shit like that. Yeah, maybe that's considered the authoritative edition now, but that right. was cut out originally. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, they had to have a voiceover. Can have no homo like, top. Yeah, it was like um, Dennis Hopper. Or somebody had to come in and like do the voiceover Dennis for one Hopper. of the characters. Yeah, like some they, they had somebody else had to like do an impersonation of one of the guys to, to re-record the scene. It was, it was a kind of a bizarre story. Um. But, but I mean, like, even movies that are kind of discounted, like Barry Lyndon, I was watching a thing um, they had on NPR, and it was like people were coming on and talking about, like, their Dark Horse favorite things. It's basically the equivalent of our Secretly Awesome. Right. And they had, actually, it was um, David Simon was on there, the guy who made The Wire and Tremay. And he was talking about his favorite film that nobody has any respect for is Barry Lyndon, the, the Kubrick period piece. Yeah. And I mean, like, it is an off-the-chain good movie. Like, you every single scene, have you ever seen the epic rap battle? Between um, Spielberg yes, and, and yes. Hitchcock, and then like Kubrick shows up, no. and, and he's like, he's like, like every single shot of my movies is a masterpiece, and like, like that's how you feel when you watch it. Like it all looks like chiaroscuro um, uh, neoclassical art. Like it all yeah. looks like paintings. I'm um, okay. It's gorgeous, and it's been working its way up. On um, there are a lot of lists where it's it's worked its way into the top ten movies of all time, and that, that's and a testament to his direction. The fact that it's it's time. Not only is it timeless. Right. But it only improves. With yeah, age. well, I think it takes time. Like he, he always everybody like always, he was always ten years ahead. I think he was more like twenty or thirty years yeah, ahead. I'd agree. All right, are we ready to go for for uh, Jeffries? Your my dead favorite guy? dead guy. Um, well, my criteria. I didn't know what kind of criteria to use We're, because it's all you, man. There is no director where it's like I just love everything he does. There, not it just doesn't exist. I I looked and looked and looked. But I couldn't find a director. Where I just love everything he did. So I did it by the numbers, and uh, the guy who had the most that's dead. That I liked. Seven films I liked of his. Harold Ramis, Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation, Groundhog's Day, Multiplicity, Analyze This, Bedazzled was yeah, okay, Actually, Analyze yeah. That. Um, he's also Egon Spangler in the uh, oh, yeah. formidable <laughs> classic, The Ghostbusters. This, yeah. And I, Groundhog's so actor Day. actor and director. Yeah. And he's a writer. And writer. Yeah. And writer. If, we, um, if we'd done favorite writer, it would have been a little easier, probably. Um, I can watch Groundhog's Day pretty much. Like Groundhog's Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is, yeah, that's definitely a classic. <laughs> yeah, I can just watch it whenever it's on. It's like, would you call that his masterpiece? Um, I don't know about that, but because he's... I mean, what other ones does he do? Caddyshack, National Lampoon's Vacation. Vacation, I have I have some more uh, appreciation for, but no, I, I definitely think Groundhog Day was my favorite of that list. <laughs> yeah, it's, like I said, I can watch it whenever it's on. Yeah, so you're talking about Harold Ramis. I mean, like, how do you feel about these films? Are these, like, top-tier films in your mind, or do you just, like, look at a list of, like, these films that I like? There, there were movies from other directors that I liked better. Right. But it might have been, like, one. Yeah. <laughs> so he had seven that I liked, so I went with him. Right. Anyway. By the numbers. Yeah. All right. All right, I respect that. That's cool. All right, uh, my criteria was a little bit closer aligned to, I guess, what Jimmer's was. In fact, I'm just looking at the body of work. It's contributions to cinema in general and my favorite deceased director is akira kurosawa i knew you were gonna go with that one did his movies inspire the star wars films but his movies that aren't having to do any anything to do with samurai or whatever uh are also classic uh he started he actually started film filmmaking uh during world war ii i believe but 
the best stuff, of course, is what was coming out in the 50s and 60s. He had a career that spanned all the way up through the 80s as far as making his films go and watching. He remade some films with uh, uh, Shakespearean plays, uh, you know, King Lear uh, set in Japan. But uh, one of his, er- his earliest classics is from 1950 called Rushman. Have you, have you heard of or seen this movie? Heard of it? Yeah, describe it. I think okay. I've, seen, I've seen this. This is the movie where somebody it. gets murdered, and over the discourse of this film, you have different eyewitness accounts of what happened. Is that like a temple with a baby in it? I don't remember that. Exactly. I, does that have like like a soothsayer woman? I comes don't, in. I don't, we need I to start watching some of his movies. I, I think so. I, I thought I'd seen this. I was pretty it, sure. This is, it was one of the very first uh, Kurosawa movies I watched after the very first one I, I watched was Seven Samurai, of course. Yeah. Which uh, is the unmitigated classic. The one everybody knows. Yeah, Magnificent Seven. But a number of other movies have been remade, like the Clint Eastwood movies uh fistful of dollars and for a few dollars more were originally uh sanjiro and yushimbo both are just fucking awesome movies and they're they're so far ahead of where movies were in 1950 i mean this is right fucking after world war ii japan was devastated but yet this dude was making movies that were leaps and bounds ahead of what anybody else around the world was making for the next 30, 40, 50 years. You didn't want to make surfer movies? Oh, <laughs> no, no. So, like, you know, you've got the, you know, the Rashomon is one of his earliest best. Of course, Seven Samurai. You can't really say anything about uh, how awesome that movie is and what a great impact it's had on on culture. You know, Star Wars references aside. But... Yeah, wait, uh, hold on. What's the connection between Star Wars and this? Because I know Lucas has said uh, he's stolen a lot from Hidden Fortress... I know he stole right, a lot right. of the, Fortress the wipes is another and stuff. One. He stole the wipes from Kurosawa. Uh, I saw an interesting article a couple weeks ago, and I couldn't find the thing again. And it was talking about people were analyzing Kurosawa's cinematography, and they were saying that it had all of these roots in Confucianism, and it was related to Feng Shui. And because they're <laughs> talking about like the, love it even more. <laughs> yeah, like they're talking about how like the way it flowed and everything. They had like all these references to ancient texts, and, and like people were like, you know, really. I mean, it's Kurosawa. People were really getting into it. I asked um, a friend of mine in college who was a graduate film student. When I was in school, I, I was just like, hey, like I'm looking for something to watch. And all I could talk about was Kurosawa. I feel like when you go to film school, you have to look at it, you know. Uh, it's very rewarding. And then, here's the thing. I'm a latecomer to Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. And I think up until probably about 10 years ago, I would have been right there with you with yeah. Kubrick. I mean, for many, many years, like that's, that was my thing, Kubrick. Uh, and I think I was probably more influenced by 2001 than anything. But, you know, I just gave it a chance one night watching On Demand or whatever it was 10 years ago. And I watched Seven Samurai, and it was completely a transformative experience for me. So, yeah. you know, you spend the next few years looking at you know, the Criterion Collection, uh, collecting some of these DVDs. And, I, you know, it, it set me on this samurai movie kick and, frankly, novels. I was reading some of the novels out there as well. But there's so much to be said about this guy as a filmmaker. Yeah, what was the one where he goes, that's about uh, the samurai goes into the town and he starts making everyone betray each other. And he's deceiving them all. And everyone that's Yojimbo. Yeah, Yojimbo. Yeah. yeah. Um, because if you ever watch... The James Bond movie. I'm a big James Bond fan. If you ever watch License to Kill, it is a direct ripoff of Yojimbo. And then about two thirds of the way through the movie, actual ninja show up. It's, it's fucking bizarre. But <laughs> so it, it, they did it a rip-off thematic ripoff. And by the end, it's just like, yeah, this is just the same thing. Yeah, right. They just gave up on the guys halfway through it. Yeah, I'm right. trying to remember the name of the film. There's an awesome one where it's these guys at a temple and they're trying to figure out what happened and they find a baby. You know what I'm talking about? Because Seven, Seven Samurai, I love it and it's iconic. But they're like lesser known films. No, like one of the ones I was going to mention was Akiru, which is just about a guy, and you know, it's, it's actually set in the modern day back then. Yeah. Uh, just his uh, his life. In fact, I think the English translation of the, of the Japanese name is like to live 
or something like that. So it has this very existential. Oh yeah, I've seen this. Okay, didn't, yeah, didn't he, he, he has like a, a terminal illness or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I've seen this. Didn't uh, he do some Minamoto Musashi stuff? No, uh, oh, really? that that was actually a different filmmaker, which I also love. Those Musashi films must have come across them when I was researching. But those movies only exist because of Kurosawa to begin with. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, let's go ahead and move on to our living directors, gentlemen. Jimmers, take it away. This was really hard for me. I just want to say I have an honorable and a dishonorable mention. Oh, my. my honorable mention, it was really hard for me not to pick Tarantino. And the reason I wouldn't want to pick Tarantino is kind of like the same reason I, I kind of shied away from Kurosawa. Like He's great at what he does, but he doesn't run the full gamut of what you can do in film. Like the way I feel like Kubrick does like, like every time you're sitting there watching a Tarantino movie, like, you know, you're watching a Tarantino hammer, dialogue, yeah. hammer and nails, pulls out a samurai sword, hammer and, a non-sequitur. hammer and nails, right? Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's, you know, the movies are good. And I, I kind of felt like Django was sort of a letdown recently. Most certainly. Yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> if he hadn't made Django, I, I would have thought of him more highly. If anything, I loved Inglorious bastards. I thought Inglorious bastards. I, seen all, it it was, I don't think it was entertaining in my mind, but I thought it was like, it's good in terms of film theory and postmodern theory as Pulp Fiction. That's how good I thought Inglourious wow. Bastards was. High praise. Yeah, I, I feel like Kill Bill Volume 2 I got, Kill Bill Volume 1, I feel like I'm not studied enough in film. To, like, I'm not worthy enough to understand this movie and really criticize it. But I love Kill Bill Volume 2, and so everybody loves Reservoir. It was so, it's, Kill Bill was so over the top. Yeah, but I mean, like, <laughs> but, that's yeah, the point. That's, that's a, like, it's intentionally it's campy. Appeal. Yeah, and, and, yeah. You know. um, and I was thinking, it seems like sort of the consensus favorite for the rest of the world is Scorsese. And Fuck I just want to say, I don't Scorsese. quite get it. There's some Scorsese films I love. Well, there's Scorsese film. I I'm love. drawing a I blank. Love, I love Taxi Driver. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody loves Taxi Driver. I love Taxi Driver. Every time I watch Taxi Driver, I get something out of it. That's about it. And there's a lot of films that I, I see. I like Hugo. That's it. I'm done. Like, Scorsese is oh, okay. just. All right. Like what we were talking about. Earlier. I feel so much better. Uh, yeah, you're not the only one. But, uh, yeah, when you watch a Scorsese film, you're not watching an, a movie with a plot. You're watching, like, some days in the life of some douchebag. <laughs> yeah. Well, all of his films, they're always about a particular person and that person is going fucking crazy or crazy douchebag. Like in Goodfellas, you know, he ends up addicted to drugs and Casino, going crazy. Shutter Island, everything's the same. Yeah, right. Shutter yeah, Island exactly. I thought was pretty good. Um Goodfellas, I think kind of boring. It's one of the most boring movies yeah. of all time. Yeah, like, are you guys going to talk me to death or what? Yeah. I mean, there's certain films they come out and everybody loves them. And then Everyone's five years later, everybody's like, what the fuck were we thinking? Like Shakespeare in Love. Do you remember that? That oh shit won the God. fucking best I didn't even Oscar. bother. I didn't even bother. Yeah, I, no. I've seen it. And it's like... Uh, it looks bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know. My, it's, I, I didn't... I watched it in the theater back then. Yeah. And even... It was going up against Saving Private Ryan that year, which I also think... Right. Was, oh, yes. Okay. Like that, yeah, it was. That's Saving, Cyber, Saving Private Ryan. Like It was an okay movie. It was better than Shakespeare in Love, but I thought we were kind of getting the bottom of the barrel that year. Yeah. All right. The, All right. So you got your uh, dishonorable mention, your yeah, dishonorable honorable mention. mention. Who's your real guy? All right. And one more who's not my real guy. I just wanted to say, if we change our criteria very slightly and like the director who I like as a person the most <laughs> is Kevin Smith. And oh. because we live in like this modern era. I thought it was going to be Rob Reiner like trying to save the children. <laughs> no. But, like because we live in this like modern era where I can just go on and watch YouTube videos of people giving lectures for hours on end. Kevin like, Smith I feel like seems I really... like he's a really cool guy. Yeah, like, he, he could be sitting here right now. And <laughs> I just cool can't shit. stand his movies, man. Right? Yeah, well, some of them. Like, I, like I, Zach and Miro make a make a porno. That is it. I well, like, yeah. I, really, I really like that movie because you like porn. I, I don't think it was that good. And it's funny because his defense of it is like, 
I made Clerks when I was a poor 20-something, and it's about poor 20-somethings. Like, I made Zack and Miri about poor, supposedly 20-somethings, and I was a rich-as-shit 40-year-old. Like, I couldn't do it. Like, it wasn't in me anymore. Like, he's very self-aware, and I feel like 90% of what I know about filmmaking is watching him talk. Like, I understand yeah. the dynamics of Hollywood and how producers... I don't even know what a, produce, what a producer would do if it weren't for, for Kevin Smith. So I appreciate that, you know, like, he was kind enough to bestow this knowledge on us and, and give us some background. Who's the one that played Mira in that movie? Elizabeth Banks. I could watch lots of stuff she's in. I do have... Quite an affinity for Elizabeth right. Banks. So Kevin Smith is a good director. All right, so he's your guy? No. Uh, so he's <laughs> he's the honorable mention. Are you sneaking in another I was, honorable mention? I, I was thinking about doing it. No, the first one was a dishonorable mention. It was Scorsese a fuck that guy. Well, he, well he Tarantino was honorable. Tarantino. Scorsese was dishonorable. Kevin Smith, if it were different criteria. A cool fucking guy. Like, yeah. Scorsese seems like a really cool guy. I'd, I'd throw some beers back with that guy, but I just don't like his movies. And I'm going to cut shit for this. Steven Spielberg is my best living director. Uh, that's okay. okay. I don't think you can um, catch shit for Steven Spielberg. Oh, really? I, I think he we were was... really highbrow here. Or at well, least going to wear a middle brow. I think we and... have to have He was my some... second runner-up. Oh, really? Yeah. Your second uh, runner-up, so he's third. Or no, he's my runner-up. I mean, he's oh, wow, top. He, he does have some, yeah. no, well, for lack of better terms, uh, meh movies. Yeah. But Before he's Indiana Jones. Yeah, right. Before Indiana Jones, meh. We're going to blame George Lucas on that one. Oh, fuck. All right. We're speaking Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's sort of like, if we're looking at a body of work, all right, yeah, there's some ups and downs with Spielberg. Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. still holds up so much. I This Perfect. is exactly what I'm saying. No diminishment whatsoever. I, I was playing this for a group of, like, 14 to 18-year-olds last week, and they fucking ate it up. Uh, you know, like, they're laughing their ass off at the drinking contest where Miriam wins the drink, you know? Yeah. Right? Uh, and everything about it, I mean, it, it still it didn't seem dated or anything. Everything about it was very well done and, and exquisite. And, um... I can forgive Kingdom of the Crystal Skull because he made Raiders because he made Crusade too. Uh, like, you know what? I actually like Temple of Doom. It's just it doesn't. It's not it's, as good. It's meant as to be camp. Yeah, no, yeah. I'll, well, I'll talk about Temple of Doom sometime because I, I think I, in, in my heart of hearts, like no, it's nowhere near the other two of the original trilogy. But uh, like on the other hand, I think it's a lot better than people take it for. I, I, agree. I, I think there are parts of it that we don't understand. As a martial artist, the fight scenes in Raiders of the Lost Ark and um, um, the Last Crusade. They're good. They are fairly representative of brawlers. Just people who just throw throw hard, throw often. Something not too much technique. Nineteen thirties American. Right? Yeah, not too much techniques. They had some boxing background. Is that how punches actually sound? <laughs> <laughs> that's I, how spit actually sounds. Really <laughs> Sorry. What kind of movie were you? All right. Well, yeah. What what else can you bring to the table with Spielberg, sir? I, I think right. you're, uh, don't don't sell him short. He, he made he made a great action franchise. Indiana action Jones. adventure franchise in Indiana Jones. Not just great, probably the yeah, apex right. of you know the they're genre. making a fifth. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I hope, I hope it's better than the fourth. Okay, keep going. Um, he arguably made the best horror film, Jaws. True. And, I, and again, like, it's, it's a matter of iconography, too. Oh, yeah. Like, this is part of, like, the American collective mind. You know, like, we're going to need a bigger boat. I mean, like, that shit still plays. And um, how many people have stopped swimming in the ocean because of that movie? <laughs> Every time I go to the beach, it, You're it thinking goes through Jaws. your mind. Yeah. Yes, you are. Yeah, John Williams, Raiders of the, the Indiana Jones stuff, Jaws. He just pushed it over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you ever watched the epic rap battle thing, they hit on that. Because it's like Spielberg and Hitchcock debating, and they're going back and forth. And Hitchcock is like, where would you be without John Williams? <laughs> and I was like, that's 100% true. Yes. You know, I don't think it's 100% have you, true. Have you heard? No, I, I really do. I, I imagine Jurassic Park without Jurassic Park music. Imagine Indiana Jones without Indiana Jones movie. But also, I, don't, I don't think it would be the same. Imagine you know, a different director, but Star Wars. They were going to go with Disco. Before they went with I've classical. never heard that. Yeah. Really? In my entire really? They were going to go with disco. Well, that would have been the, uh, the, the end, end of it. <laughs> <I think. laughs> yeah. 
We, we wouldn't be having these I'm conversations sorry. about a new trilogy. We'd Continue. Like, oh, yeah. that fucking movie with the terrible disco music? <laughs> oh, yeah, that was with the big walking carpet? <laughs> terrible movie. All right, so he's responsible for the best action adventure franchise. Uh, he's responsible for arguably the best war film. Uh, he's responsible for one of the greatest war, uh, war films in Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I, I like Saving Private Ryan. Like on, every time I rewatch it, I feel like I get something out of it, and I feel like there's there's more to it. Even at the time, I was like, "How the hell did Shakespeare in Love beat this movie?" That made no sense. <laughs> and it was like I think that year, I think they gave the best director award to Spielberg for Saving Private Ryan, and then they gave the best film award to Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. Like, like if you're the best director, like didn't you make the best film? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how it works. But then there are a lot of sleepers too. There are movies that I love from Spielberg that like nobody really talks about. Uh, Minority Report. Fucking love, love Minority Report. Underrated. I, I like Hook. I actually do love Hook. Uh, Hook yeah. is good. Um, and Hook is genius. I just watched I'll, it I'll do it for secretly awesome sometimes. But there's a lot subconsciously going on with Hook. Like yeah. there's some weird like Freudian stuff yeah. in that film. I love Hook. Um, Munich. Have you guys seen Munich? Munich, seen it. Uh, I, One of my I, least no, favorite movies. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, is like, it about the the assassination? Yeah, it's about the Massad assassination yeah, squads yeah, after yeah. the the Munich terror attack. Um, at the 72 Olympics Sorry. and uh, again like it's Freudian there's this weird he has these, like, these flashbacks while he's having sex You, I mean I, I feel like watching it if it weren't for the John Williams score I would think I were watching a Kubrick movie <laughs> I'm serious <laughs> wow um, high praise and, and like here's the other thing too like he can just like kind of pump them out and yeah there's a lot of like commercial stuff that's kind of garbage but <clears throat> um, the same year he released Jurassic Park he released Schindler's List the same year he released War of the Worlds, he released Munich. Like, he's all over and he's multitasking and he yeah. produces everything. And if you kind of sort the wheat from the chaff, I mean, like, his top tier stuff is top tier stuff. It's true. We watched, do you remember we watched Schindler's List in middle school? We were in high school when that came out. Really? I yeah. thought we were, I thought we were in the, maybe we, we just went down to the middle school wing to watch it. I don't think, <laughs> I don't, maybe. I, I, I remember it being in one of the middle school classrooms that we watched it. That might, that might be the case. I don't know. I remember my high school teacher. Uh, Mr. Moffat showing it to us, and whenever there were boobs in it, he would fast forward the VHS, and he said, "He said they're tumbling, they're tumbling." That's what his euphemism for sex was. He was like a, a seventy-year-old guy who should have already retired. He was fucking psychotic. Um, gonna be tumbling. What about Catch Me If You Can? Catch Me If You Catch Can. Catch Me If You Can's a good movie. I, I enjoy that movie. Christopher Walken is fucking flawless. In that yeah. movie. I, and I, I want to say like Schindler's List. I don't feel like a strong affinity for it, but I think it's because it's too dark. It was rough. It was a rough times. movie. They, remember, they used to play it on NBC once a year, and it was like sponsored by Ford. Right. It had no, no commercials except for it would just have like the Ford logo. Wait a minute, wasn't Ford associated with the Nazis in some way? Probably. Uh, yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> Ford was a hit. So was sympathizer. So was the Bush family. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? But um, you know, like it's just like I've been to that place too many times, and the well is kind of like dry. Right. But a lot of people don't know this. Kubrick had been working since he made Full Metal Jacket on creating this epic um, uh, Holocaust film. And a lot of people think like there's like these little embedded clues in all of his other movies, like the typewriter from The Shining is an Adler typewriter, which is actually the kind that the Nazis used for typing up the list at Auschwitz and stuff like that. Yeah. But he was apparently spending you know decades working on this film, collecting data on it, and then Schindler, pardon me, um, uh, Spielberg released Schindler's List, and Kubrick abandoned all the plans. He's like the epic Holocaust movie has been made. I can move on, and then he made um, Eyes Wide Shut. Right. I for an animated film, Adventures of Tintin, I thought was pretty sure. good, and it held true to a lot of the old Did you he know, comics. Did he just produce it? Uh, he directed it, according to my research. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, he, he makes stuff that professors might not like, but, like, there's nothing he makes that some swath of the population doesn't like. Yeah. I mean, like, you can say that of any any um, director. Uh, Kevin Smith once in a talk was talking about how, like, every single film that's been made, no matter how bad it is, Furious 7 or whatever, like, there is somebody in the world, that is their favorite film. They're just trying to make money. Yeah. It, it's true. All right, guys. Well, uh, my turn, I think. Jeffrey. 
Who's All your right. favorite living director? He had 14 movies that I liked. Um, Richard Donner. Richard Donner? Oh, yeah, Richard Donner. Su- Superman, Superman 2, okay. The Toy, Lady Hawk, loved that movie when I was a kid, The Goonies, The Goonies, The Lethal Weapons, the classic thing. all The Lethal Weapons, Scrooged, which is one of my favorite movie. Christmas movies, Maverick, Conspiracy Theory. Love Conspiracy Theory. Um, Except for the dude from Fast and Furious, Timeline was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. That's, that's the one Crichton novel I've never he, been able to get he through. He kind of kind of ruined it a little bit, but <laughs> I can overlook it for the rest of it. 16 Blocks mm-hmm. was yeah, actually really good. That, that's a good movie. Yeah, I've seen that. That's a good movie. I like it. So, yeah, he just said he had 14. Um, the next runner-up for me was uh, Spielberg with nine, Ridley Scott with eight, Ivan oh, Reitman. Ridley Scott would have been another interesting Ridley, choice. Yeah. Yeah. I, Ivan Reitman with eight, uh, sure. James Those Cameron. Posters. James Cameron with seven. Ooh, I think that's another good one. Chris Columbus. Cameron? Yeah, because even, right. like, even Cameron films everybody thinks sucks. Titanic. Or Terminator, Aliens, Terminator 2. I love True Lies. Yeah, I was True watching Lies. an interview with Tarantino once. And he was talking about how everybody knocks James Cameron for Avatar or whatever. But he was talking about, like, like James Cameron saved his childhood, effectively, because, like, the 80s were just such, like, a desert of good movies. And then he sees Aliens, and he's like, holy shit, like, movies can be good. And he sees Terminator, and he's like, holy shit, movies can be, you know. And, like, it got him kind of, like, back in the game. Like, yeah. Tarantino may not be a director today if it weren't for James Cameron. Chris Columbus was seven. Um, uh, I'm gonna part ways with you on that one. <laughs> well, <laughs> as a director, I you love adventures and babysitting. I don't. I actually never really liked that. Movie. Oh, really? No. All right. Uh, Chamber of Secrets, Sorcerer's Stone. You're right. I'm actually gonna talk about that a little bit when I get to my director. Uh, John McTiernan was my last honorable mention with six. John McTiernan. He did uh, Predator, Predator, Die Hard, Die The Hard. Hunt for The Hunt for Red October, Medicine Man, Die Hard with a Vengeance, The Thirteenth Warrior, Ooh, one of your guilty Warrior. pleasure movies. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That would have been a really good Dark Horse one to mix things up. That sounds good. But he, oh, it, but he only had six. I decided yeah. to go by the okay. numbers because right. I, couldn't yeah, fucking sure. decide. I couldn't decide. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anything you want to say about your guy as a filmmaker? My, I, mean, I feel like you, you should at least say a little bit about Richard Donner. Um, Why does he kick so much ass for you, Jeff? Um, Like like I said, there are movies that I think are better done and better made. and But it's like that was like the mo- only movie that the, that the director made that I like. So like I said, I just went with the numbers. And he makes a lot of fun movies. Yeah, I mean, Superman 1, Superman 2 are pretty damn good. Uh, of course, the Goonies, there's not much topping the Goonies. Yeah, and he made the Lethal Weapon films, too. Yes. I think that was kind of like the beginning of the end for the typical bodybuilder, you know, star vehicle action films. Because he wasn't he wasn't big. He was just kind of crazy. Yeah. He was typecasting. Right, yeah. Still kind of crazy. He was typecasting. <laughs> he was an actor. Well, they got him strung up, too. I mean, like, Mel Gibson is pretty skinny in that film. Yeah, cons- you know I mean? yeah but Conspiracy Theory. I, I love that. I love that movie. Yeah, preach. As Picard, what more do you need? That's true. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you my favorite living director a guy by the name of alfonso cuaron he is a mexican filmmaker who is most famous i think these days for having directed the film that came out about a year or so ago gravity with sandra bullock Still haven't seen uh, it. he's also very famous for doing arguably the best of the harry potter franchise and i would argue that's hands down the best of the harry potter franchise the prisoner of azkaban uh he also has some great movies that aren't much talked about, but they ought to be. Uh, one is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time is his 1998 version in, in a modern day setting of Charles Dickens' Great Expectations. It starred Ethan Hawke and Gwyneth Paltrow. And although there's much hate for Gwyneth Paltrow these days, uh, she played the part perfectly. So I'll defend her on that one. Uh, but he also did a movie called The Little Princess, which I got to the end of. And I have to admit, it made me feel like a feelings. little princess, like a little princess, but almost like a little princess. I think I remember the one you're talking about. 
and that that was pretty good. Great expectations. No, the little princess. Oh, the little princess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's That's fun. when she's uh, in an orphanage. Yes. She's telling stories. That and was her, a good and her movie. Her father is dead. Uh, it's kind of spoiling even saying it like that, isn't it? All right. Uh, he also did a uh, movie, a Spanish language movie called Etumama Tambien. I don't know if you guys have ever no. gotten the chance uh-huh. to see that one. Ah, it's a great movie. Uh, <clears throat> but he doesn't. He's not prolific. But what he does do is phenomenal, and one of the best movies I think even you guys would agree with is Children of Men. Breach. So, but which one was which one was that? Children of Men. Oh. Clive Owen. Nobody around in the world can give birth. Uh, oh, it's about the, the first one who gets pregnant in like that, twenty years. That is one of those movies that is like, God, I gotta see that. Uh, and is, I fucking forgot. Oh my really god! Good. Like it is. Rem- it is remind the, me to watch. Okay? It's one of the very few movies that I watched that grabbed hold of me emotionally <laughs> and like just stretched me. And and Sounds painful. the ringer. No, it's emotionally harrowing to watch this movie. So it is but there are very painful. few movies that get that kind of response from me. Yeah. I mean, some movies make me feel things, sure, and that's a testament to the filmmaker. But across the board, Alfonso Cuarón, he, he he evokes these emotions out of me. He teases it out. So I, I definitely think that's what he's doing, and it's not manipulation by any stretch. Because some directors are good at that, but he wants you to be there with you know, you know the characters at that moment and. Across, you know, like more than anybody, Alfonso Cuarón does it. And as far as the Harry Potter movie goes, his movie, like, I actually feel like I'm a student of Hogwarts. Like, his is the most stylized. He's the one who, like, just completely trashed what Chris Columbus did in the first two films. And, like, like, all right, these are the new clothes. And he was very much involved with the minute details of that movie. There's even, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a thing about how there's two students having sex on the Marauders map. Uh, and, the, and the credits no, and I didn't like notice with the footprints and there's like you know they're joined together oh uh, dude I have and to go watch like, he's like oh did that sneak by he's like nope <laughs> and like he said it wasn't about sex it was just meant to be they call it the embrace like the uh-huh. the, the editor who made these and Quaron's like what, it's just they're in a, an embrace is he the one that no he didn't lose the paintings one of the directors you know they eventually like stripped all the paintings away oh I thought that was him but no but no, no it like, wasn't him because his it was, was definitely like the most rock important. and roll of all the Potter films too now, had yeah. you already read the book when you saw it? Say what? Had you already read the book of when you saw it? Of course I had. I had not yet read the books when I saw that one. Yeah. And there was, it felt a little bit choppy, like there was stuff left out, because there was a lot of stuff left out from the books. Right? Once I read the book, loved the movie. Yeah. But the first time I watched it, I was like, eh. Well, it's, I mean, that was the only one, the only one of the series that you're like, oh, a real a real director made this, mm-hmm. whereas everybody else was just subservient to the books, whereas Alfonso Cora wanted to do something that stood on its own. Well, it's just, uh, even in all of them, there's so much left out. Right, right, right. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I feel like I'm talking about the Harry Potter too much, which I think is probably the least of his movies. But uh, Itu Mama Tambien, another great movie worth watching. It's, it's subtitled. You have to watch it. My mother also. Uh, and your and your mom too, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, The Great Expectations. And Gravity is worth checking out. Of course. I yeah, I love Gravity is like a good movie, but everybody lost their, their crap over it when it came out. And I, I kind of was like, all right, this is definitely an above average that's, movie. It was that's different. a filmmaker's movie. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. The dialogue is scant. Yeah. The storytelling is minute because you're just getting this little picture of real time of what's going on with Sandra Bullock's character. Right. And even that, oh my God, the, the part where she's flashing back with her daughter that had passed away. Oh, sorry. Jeffrey, Jeffrey hasn't seen it. Nah. Uh, it's it's okay. about the doctor who gets it's trapped okay. in space. We'll talk about George Clooney's ghost in a second, too. <laughs> Yay. Uh, but anyway, like, the, that's in there. There's dead? moments oh, where yeah. Sandra Bullock is, you know, reconciling because she's never owned it. She's never faced this death of her daughter and she's sitting there facing her own death and now she's finally coming to terms with it. So, no, in terms of storytelling, in terms of script, it's not, there's, it's just bare bones. Mm-hmm. But holy shit, is this movie good? That's a testament to the filmmaker. 
And uh, apparently he, he invented, literally invented new technology mm-hmm. to film this movie. They're in, when this movie came out, they're saying it was the best filmed space movie since 2001. He's like the James Cameron of directors. Weird. <laughs> uh, no, I, I really liked Gat Gravity. Everybody was like absolutely in love with the film, and I watched it. And it's like definitely worth a watch. It's definitely worth a rewatch. It was but, really good. Uh, the only part I didn't really care for was like where she's flying around with the fire extinguisher and she's like calculating the angles of like tens of thousands of miles. Yeah. This. I'm like, eh. but I, I, I like the end. You know, she gets out. It kind of, it, it kind of reminded me of uh, Children of Men at the ending, like where she gets out of the pod. Oh, yeah. and she, you know, like gets up and walks across the land in her spandex suit. You know what I mean? Ooh. And oh. um, uh, you spoiler for Jeff. Yeah, she survives. Yeah, and uh, we think. No, you didn't spoil anything. She told you told me she's walking around in Spanish. Oh, okay. I, I think it's going to survive too, just by the tone in which people would discuss the movie. And I heard a ton of interviews. Like, I mean, it was really pervasive the coverage of it. But like you said, like you feel like you're in a space capsule, and you, there could be decompression at any second, and you could die. I mean, like it really is terrifying. Yeah, you feel like you're you're an astronaut in the film. Children yeah, I, of Men. I mean, uh, I don't understand how people haven't lost their shit over it. Did no one just see it? I I think a lot of people. It also has a like. That's another thing about the. <laughs> You talk about Spielberg with with uh, John Williams, Alfonso Cuarón, his handpicking of soundtrack and composers for his films is second to none. Whereas Spielberg is reliant upon largely John Williams and almost all of his films. Yeah, I think there are two films. Yeah. That he's done with th- that Whereas Cuarón, he like picks, chooses, does his own thing. I think he's even written some things that that he's done. Yeah. Um, and like the Children of Men soundtrack, like dude, when that uh, Franco Battiato cover of Ruby Tuesday comes on blew my fucking mind man like i'd never heard that song but it, it that's his movies take me to where they are yeah all right so i think i've waxed yeah children of men the first time the, i'd seen man. a baby be born and it was fairly realistic <laughs> oh, remember that scene? Uh, yes the first time i saw a baby born it was a c-section it was in health class in high school oh my and it was uh at the time the person was married to my cousin oh my god i remember that yeah that video <laughs> I didn't watch it. Where, the, where it looks like <laughs> it looked like a, a basketball that had been cut yeah. and it's all floppy on the sides. <laughs> like, ah! Here's a home video. It's like having a C-section. <laughs> but I I really considered choosing George Lucas as my favorite director just to watch you guys' heads explode. Yeah, that probably would have done it. <laughs> it, it crossed my mind. I, I was worried about being attacked, though. Yeah, <laughs> physically, emotionally, whatever. <laughs> all right, guys. Is there anything else we want to say about our director big Dick. did you did you have any honorable mentions oh Since yeah we did that uh, i might not would like to, to honorably mention a guy by the name of david fincher uh david fincher is most known for his classic fight club which oh, in yes. many people's opinion what is this fight club you speak of? <laughs> uh, we don't talk about it uh anyway uh it's one of the few instances in where the movie improves upon the source material and that's damn good source material to begin with but that movie is flaw less and even chuck Kalanick admits it oh yeah yeah he was like this is better than my book <laughs> yeah yeah he's like yep yeah, better, better job and of course jim Wolves is the guy who wrote it uh who we talked about in the uh, trailer park but he also does the movie that just came out last year gone girl he did I seen curious yeah, case of benjamin button that was a good film i haven't seen it seemed weird it was weird uh i i liked it i like the effects because there's like a spectacle aspect of it where you're just watching how they make Brad Pitt look like a little child yeah, yeah. and make him look like a 90-year-old man in the same film. And it looks pretty cool. Here's one question I have about Fight Club. <laughs> what do you... Th- I, I know what I think he may have been doing with the, the dishwashing gloves on while well, having sex. Well, there is that question, <laughs> isn't there? You don't remember? No, I know exactly when what he answers the door and he's got the, uh, yeah, yeah. the gloves on. Um, why would you need a glove for that? As Jeff most, I, I Jeff, Jeff is making a fisting motion. Maybe as a listening. cut on his finger. I don't know. 
Um, yeah, maybe. All right. Well, uh, yeah, David Fincher, of course, he did Panic Room. He did uh, his very first film, for which I'm giving him a pass on, is Alien 3. Which I don't think is that bad. It's I not that watch bad. It. But it's not nothing compared yeah, to the other. That's, yeah, that's the mean, problem. You, know, like you, may, you have Aliens, aliens Alien, aliens. and Aliens are what you're coming to after. follow up on, yeah. Let me just say, I watched Aliens from the place I think everyone should watch it from. I had no idea what the movie was. Oh, Army Guys. Oh, the Army Guys. They're going into a building. So you've not seen Alien? No, I hadn't seen really Alien yet. I think I've seen Aliens first, too. And well, we were pretty young, yeah. But they go in, and that's when because I hadn't seen any of the facehugger thing, nothing. And all of a sudden, they're coming out of the goddamn walls. Let's look. I'm like, holy fuck, what am I watching? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be just an army guy movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's a great. And, movie. and then you go back from there and start from Alien, and yeah. it's just like, wow. Anyway, yeah. so Fincher gets my my honorable mention on that one, of course. Spielberg and Kubrick and a lot of the guys that you mentioned are worthy picks as well. All right, so that's gonna wrap it up for the big dig this time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Later. <laughs>